That's what I like to do. I just took a song. I re-performed a song that was already done from a guy named George Michaels from a group called Wham. And he did the song called Careless Whisper. So I'd done that song. I did it in English. Then I did it in Spanish, the same song. El tiempo nunca puede curar. Careless whisper. Las palabras de las mentes. Gracias tote para no arrecar para cancelar verdad de lo único que encuentras. So I did it that way, and then I love it. My, thank you. Then, because of my creativity, I came up with another way to do the song, and I took what I had already recorded. And this is for our songwriters out there. Sometimes you can take something that's already been done or something you did before. If the track is already done, what's wrong with coming up with a new melody and a new verse to that same music? You can always double down on something that you've already done and make it another song by changing the melody and the lyrics content of it. Mm -hmm. So I took that song and I made another song, which I call Careless, because in order to have a relationship, a positive relationship, a good relationship with anyone, you have to willing be willing to be a bit careless like you were when you fell in love. That's what gave value to those moments because it wasn't all controlled and thought out and rational and, and all of that kind of thing. You kind of let the emotion and love take you and then you become a little bit careless. So I thought of all the scenarios that would make something careless. Baby, fly away with me to Rio. Making love across the sky a mile high. That's like having sex with a woman in the bathroom while you're flying over Asia. There's a mm -hmm. mile high club. So that's why I said fly away with me to Rio. Making love across the sky a mile high. That's a careless. Oh. Open up the doors and all the windows. So everyone can hear the sound of magic from you and I. Not being afraid to let somebody hear our sounds of passion and love and joy. Open up the doors and windows. That's careless. So I'm using all those parables that bring, you know, of being pulled across an ocean by a whale. That's by a whale? And a boat we both learned to sail. A little tiny boat being pulled by a whale? That's pretty careless. We can play a game of hide and seek, you and me, and find a treasure hidden deep, way down underneath. So I'm talking about the treasures at the bottom of the sea. I'm talking about the treasures beneath our 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 emotion, our, our, our physical attributes, all of those type of things. And you tie all those things in because it's a play on words. Was that the same chord <coughs> progression of Kara's Whisper? Yes. Very nice. Thank you so much. Have you example. met Miles Davis? Yes, I have met Miles Davis. What was the conversation? Uh, the conversation was me saying, hi, Miles, I really love you. I play trumpet a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could think to say to him. Is he's like, oh, yeah, well, that's all. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I take that approach with me. I, I created two albums that are called Organic Neo. Mm -hmm. And they're very drum and trap bass driven, which is young 
drum beats and what have you. And then I just came on and I used a guide force. That's another thing. When you're writing sometimes, don't try to be so deliberate and, and controlling. Let God give it to you. So sometimes you don't have to. I mean, I'll go into the studio. I won't even have the lyrics or a melody or an idea. Then just let it go. 90% of it, it'll be what you want. But there'll be little things that you can change and fix afterwards. Just let it go because God will tell you what to say and what to play. At least that's what it's worked out for me. And uh, the less you try to control, the more that you will discover, you know, that's there. So um, that's part of it. You don't always have to have the lyric and the, the exact melody. Just play with the track and just wing it. Just let, just let go. Like we say, let go and let God. Just let go. And you'll be surprised at what comes out. And then you can go back and adjust other things. That's why the first take and the 50th take are the best takes in the studio session. Because the first take is the one where you just oh, you let it go. You know, so Then the second take, you try to reduplicate that yes. and make it better. Then the yes. third take, you try to reduplicate that and not repeat what you did before and make it better. And you do that till you get to 50 and you go back. 50 is where you get back to the fuck it. You just go back it up. <laughs> yes. And, okay, so the first one and the 51 are usually the best takes, period. Definitely. So I try to create that that first take vibe every time. So I'll say, okay, I'll play it one time. Okay, let's do another one. And I'm doing it like I'm doing it the first time and just play, just play, just play it. Okay, give me another one. And I'll do it again and just I just go back to zero and I just start playing and playing and playing. Then I have three different takes, three different interpretations on the same thing. Then I'll put one up here and one up there and one up here. And I'll take, okay, let's listen to the first line of the first one. You like that one? Nah. Okay, let's take the first line of the second one. Ooh, that one's butter. Let's take listen to the third one. No, the one number two is the best. Take that line. Let's go to the next verse, next, next line. And then I will do that and I will come. Through all those three performances, the one that I want it to be. And that ends up being the monster. Then I had to learn how to play it because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't using my mindset to, you know. Right. To, you know. So, but I'm using the God Force, and that's where the best stuff comes out. As a matter of fact, this new CD that I have is called The Audacity of Miles. I just wanted to get the, the if I can get the spirit of Miles to come into the room, just give me a little bit of guidance. What would you say, Miles? Hey, what's happening, man? Miles? I ain't dead yet. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, thank you for coming. I just want to play a little something, Miles. Go on and do that. This is called Fucking Horn.
children's book because since especially because oh i'll be God. translating into japanese for you too so yes <laughs> what made you write children's book life gives me the stage for the circumstances that i live in so i definitely look at things that happen in life and i happen to be performing a show for the kentucky derby some years ago i've done that twice in my life played for the kentucky derby and the first time i played there it was raining so bad that all of the buildings that were near to the river that had two-story buildings, the first floor was flooded. Nobody could go down to the first floor. Everything was flooded. And I had a crazy thought because I have been in Ohio where they have a horse called a Morgan. And a Morgan pulls the carts for the Amish people and plows the fields. And it's like a Clydesdale only it has black hooves and not white hooves, but they're very muscular and they're very big and wide. So I thought about what if a Clydesdale wanted to be in the Kentucky Derby? Ha, 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 ha. And then I went home and I stayed up for three days. I drank coffee and ate Pop-Tarts and wrote this story. And it just, God gave me the whole premise of the story, but it's about his steam because he was a Clydesdale. He was he was purchased by the owner of the Kentucky Derby racetrack who bred thoroughbred horses. But he bought Morgan at two months old 
to be the lead horse in the firehouse stagecoach team of Clydesdales. But he didn't tell Morgan that's why he bought him. So every morning, Morgan would get up and see the horses running around in the practice track on the tracks, practicing those thoroughbreds with their long, narrow hooves and sleek legs, and they can run like the wind. And Morgan, being from Kentucky, I created an audio book of Morgan telling the story about himself. So Morgan will say, hi, my name is Morgan, and I'm a Clydesdale. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to always think about running in the Kentucky Derby. I wasn't as fast as those long, sleek leg, thoroughbred racehorses, but I believe I could do it. So I never did let go of my dream. No, I didn't. <laughs> because dun, 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 you can be anything, anything, anything. You can be anything if you believe. And this is how he started telling his whole story about his life. Is, is all of his friends would shun him because he wanted to be a racehorse. And the thoroughbreds were all uppity and they were like, he'll never be, you'll never be like us because we are thoroughbreds. We're bred for running. You're not of that. And then the, the, the Clydesdales would just say, just would he just stop trying to be something that he's not. <laughs> and he just kept believing it and believing it and believing it. And then one day it rained where the rain was coming down in buckets. And then I have my illustrator who was 14 years old drawing all these pictures for me. Her name is Gracie Green. And I said, Gracie, I want the raindrops to come down shaped like buckets. So she drew raindrops that looked like buckets with the handles on them. And then the rain was coming down like buckets. And it just flooded the whole track. And now all those racehorses with their long sleek legs and narrow hooves were sinking down into the three inches of mud and the two inches of water on the racetrack trying to learn how to get their grip and run and the favorite horse was going to win his name was big red he was favored to win the kentucky derby but in his practice lap he slipped and fell in a big looked like a pond sized puddle of water looked like a glass tabletop and when he ran into that pond of water he slipped head over heels and he fell head over heels, causing a chain reaction. And all the other horses fell on the top of him. And then when he got up, something was wrong. Because Big Red came up limping on his left front hood. And now he can't run in the race. And his heart was just broken. But Morgan's jockey said to his owner, well, why don't we put Morgan in the race? And they go over to Morgan and Morgan, they said, Morgan, we need you today. Are you ready? And Morgan said, yeah. <laughs> and, they put, and they put a racehorse uh, racing saddle on his back and gave him his number and put him in the race with all the other racehorses. He was twice as big, twice as tall, twice as wide, but twice as slow as all those other racehorses. <laughs> and they put him in the gate. And all he could hear, when he got in the gate, all I could hear was horses breathing and I could hear them just breathing there. My heart was pounding out of my chest. And all of a sudden, I hear, ring, they're off. And all I could see was tails and hooves as they went around that first turn. When they got to the second turn, he said, and when they got to the second turn, they was even farther away, just tails and hooves kicking up mud. 
But I started running and I got my grip. I just started running. When they got to that third turn, here's that glass tabletop pond of mud and water like it was that Big Red fell into. And the lead horse went into that and they're trying to navigate and they're slipping and sliding. All the time they're slipping and sliding. Morgan is out there. Now I'm starting to get my stride. And I was in my groove. And my big strong haunches and my wide hooves were gripping in that mud. And I was just holding my own. And the bigger horses went into that pond and they tripped and fell. The same thing like having the big red head over heels on top of each other. And when they landed on top of each other, big uh, uh, land on each other, Morgan and his jockey, just jockey said, Morgan. Just go to the side, go to the right. He stirred me to the right, and I just ran right around them as they had a chain reaction crash on the track. And they all looked, as we rode by, they all looked like they was covered in chocolate. And I just kept on running, and I ran across the, the line in first place. And I won the Kentucky Derby. It was the proudest day of my life. They took a picture of me with, with blue ribbon, and, a, and, and a carnations and roses. It was a fantastic. Then I became the lead horse for 11 years in the firehouse stagecoach team. And then after that, now they put me out to pasture to raise my own family. And today was the proudest day of my life. Because today, my son came to me and said, Daddy, I want to be a racehorse. And I looked down at him. I said, son. You can be anything you want to be if you believe it in your heart, even if you are just a Clydesdale pony, yeah, <laughs> because dun, 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 you can be anything, anything, anything. You can be anything if you believe. And that's how I came up with the story. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I listened to the whole audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where it came from. That's so cute. Thank you. So people can get it on Amazon and other stuff? They can get it on Amazon, Audible, and uh, Kindle. Fantastic. So, Skip, this is going to be the last question. What advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Hmm, my 20-year-old self. Yeah, I would I'd probably say make sure you get it in writing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, you know, I could have done certain things differently, but I think we should also tell writers and aspiring writers and musicians, do not be afraid to fail because failure is what makes victory taste so delicious. Mm -hmm. So failure is a part of success. You have to keep trying something over and over till you perfect it. So that means you had to fail at it numerous times over and over again to perfect it. And then once you perfect it, then you can perform it and execute it. And that's where you taste the victory of triumph over failure. Yes. So embrace failure. Don't be afraid. Oh, I'm afraid I might mess up. Go ahead and mess up. You're just going to learn a lesson that's going to make you better. Because it takes messing up to get better. Nobody got better automatically. Nobody was better first. They were sucked at first. Everybody sucks at first. You know, so you have to get through those failures. And that would be one of the strongest things I would tell anybody going into it now. Do not be afraid to fail because failure makes victory taste so delicious.
Thank you so much, Skip, all these little insights, yeah. juicy nuggets. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. So until so we welcome. speak again, sayonara. Sayonara. Don't forget to click subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new videos of Songwriter's Room or my new music or Japan news series. Thank you for watching. Arigato. Sayonara.